You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. We'll talk to John Canzano this segment right here on the Bald Face Truth. Judah Newby in for John Canzano, but John will call in from Vegas and we'll uh, talk to him for a few moments of his time and really looking forward to it as the Oregon Ducks beat Washington State 75-70. So they're moving on to play UCLA, just as John predicted. And he also predicted they'd beat UCLA. And they would make the Pac-12 tournament championship game. So, domino number one is down of uh, John's predictions with the Ducks. We'll see if domino number two hits tomorrow night as well. Of course, UCLA shorthanded with uh, the Pac-12 Conference Defensive Player of the Year, Jalen Clark, out for the year. Uh, And Oregon, hopefully they won't be shorthanded, but their star big man, their first teamer, uh, on the all-conference team of the Pac-12, Nafali Dante. Massive blocked shot for him down the stretch in this game. Uh, it bangs up his ankle, but he uh, says that, hey, he'll be good to go. He's not going to have any worries. He'll be good to go uh, tomorrow night against UCLA. So it'll be Oregon-UCLA, 6 o'clock. You can also hear that one right here on the Boldface Truth Radio Network flagship, 750thegame and 750thegame.com uh, from Westwood One, Ducks and Bruins, which is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow at 6 and then uh, the winner of USC Arizona State is going to face the winner of Arizona and Stanford. That's going to be the uh, the other semifinal tomorrow night. Out of all those teams, I don't know. Arizona is still sitting there, just flexing its muscles, getting ready. We haven't even seen them yet in this tournament, and they're going to tip off here close to the top of the hour. Whether it's going to be, you know, if they win tonight over Stanford, which I don't know, where's the spread on that? It's got to be close to double digits, I would think. Uh, let me look it up right here. I, I got the Oregon-UCLA spread. That's, uh, oh, hold it. Hold that one. Hold that one. All right, we'll hold that one. I've got Stanford-Arizona at, at 10. I got it at yes, 10. Yes, 10. Arizona laying 10 points. And USC laying 4. Yep. I will guess. I'm going to try to guess where the Oregon-UCLA uh, one is. Right. I'm going to guess it's UCLA 4. UCLA laying 5 right now. Oh, really? Okay. okay. Close. No, not too bad. Ducks plus five? I think that's the play. It's got to be the play, right? It's got to be. Got to be. The show, by the way, the show will be live from Spirit Mountain Casino on Monday of next week. So mark your calendars. Come on by. Come check us out. It's going to be a great time. It was a great time last time at Spirit Mountain. Uh, Dennis Dixon obviously was there in the lead up to, to Super Bowl 57. Talking with Dennis was a blast. Uh, we got some big things in store as well. So uh, mark your calendars for Monday, March 13th, the Ides of March, uh, and uh, come hang out with, with the show and the crew on Monday at Spare Mountain. The tournament field will be set at that point. It's going to be great. Get your bets in. The you men's know, and Friday. women's. Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, And there's a version of this. We'll see. We talked about it yesterday. The, uh, the women's selection show is Sunday as well this year, Sunday, 5 o'clock as opposed to Selection Monday, what they do a lot of the time. So it's a Selection Sunday this year, and uh, Kelly Graves and Oregon are, are on the bubble. I mean, you know, they're among the first four out, I think, on Charlie Cream's Bracketology, whatever whatever Charlie knows. 
No, he's good. Uh, but hopefully, you know, maybe Oregon gets in. You're talking about Oregon being in, UP being in. We got to do like a, a, a bald face truth or a 750 the game, like local team parlay of some yeah. kind, right? Yeah, you got to go at least Portland on the money get line. Get Portland women's basketball on the money line with, you know, if the Duck men get in, if the Duck women get in, the Wazoo women, you know, something like that. Yeah. The, the bald face truth mojo parlay. The the mojo parlay. I love that. We got to create our own parlays. But you and I, we've both been down to Spirit Mountain. You've been down more than me, but uh, it's a really awesome experience in there. And smoke-free, which I didn't realize is a uh, pretty unique thing that sets you apart as a, uh, as a casino. But it does, and I appreciate that. It's nice. Yeah, it's just a nice little... Uh added bonus to that but yeah it'll be uh it'll be popping yeah over there you know with with the tournament games happening later that week uh what do you you normally do around the tournament how do you take it in uh i mean i've gone to vegas numerous times for it yeah i mean i've probably gone there five or six times for the first round first two rounds okay but i won't be doing that this year uh usually i just kind of hanging out watching all the games hopefully by myself uh try to get rid of the kids as much as i can at that point but uh What is the Vegas experience like? If anybody's thinking about doing it or planning to do it for March Madness, pros and cons of going to Vegas for the uh, first couple of rounds, that first weekend. The pros is, it, you know, Vegas is always fun, but when it's March Madness, like the sports books are always just wild and crazy. Like it is what you think it's going to be. Like people are yelling and screaming the entire time, and it's just nonstop days of basketball, right? I mean, basketball from. 9 a.m. all the way till you know 7:30, 8 o'clock when the last game tips off. You're just betting on games, watching games. It's a great experience. Now the con is, it's very expensive now. Uh, you know what I was, I haven't gone for probably like five years. I would say maybe six years, and it's gotten a lot more expensive in those times. It used to be a lot more cheaper to get down there, but now they know how much of a fun experience it is to get there. But if you can get there, I mean, it's it's one of those things where. If you enjoy betting or you enjoy just Vegas in general, I think the March Madness is a great time to go down there and see what they got because it's just there's a lot of energy, right? Vegas always has a lot of energy, but with all you see all the uh, all the fans supporting their team, wearing their team shirts, it, it's just a good vibes, good energy uh, the whole time you're down there. Yeah, well, I, I gotta go sometime. I've never been to Vegas. That's one of my uh, besetting sins, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Uh, uh, ironic. I've been I've been there. I've never been to Sim City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, but I'd like to go sometime and just uh, you know, on the up and up, the uh, casual consumer that I am, uh, nothing too crazy, but enjoy the offerings of uh, of a city like Vegas for sure, and the uh, the sports book offerings as well. Uh, could be a lot of fun, but I imagine it's just probably straight chaos during March Madness too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, it's straight chaos, and I mean like you know I've gone with my wife and stuff and. We'll be sitting next to people in the sports book who are just absolutely livid that their bets are losing and, you know, they're ripping up tickets and they walk out and we go look at them, you know, they're thousands of dollars worth. Wow. And then you got my wife, you know, betting like five bucks in the game, but she's going as crazy, <laughs> as it, crazy dude. as they are. But, Isn't it always that way? Yeah. Like nobody, nobody knows what you're betting. And then it's just, yeah. you know, it's just fun to see the losers and the winners. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what's your best or favorite bet that you've won while you're in Vegas for for the tournament, do you remember? Uh, I haven't had any like super big ones for the tournament. I've had um, on my alleged offshore account. I have had a big, a big parlay win one year where I, I basically parlayed like four or five underdogs and they all won outright. And I had that, so that was a bit. That was one of my bigger wins a couple of years ago. Uh, but nothing big, nothing big in Vegas so far, which has been disappointing because if I ever won big in Vegas, Judah, I mean, I would be living it up, having great dinners. 
uh, seeing great shows. It would be a great time, and uh, my wife would really love me then. But it just hasn't <laughs> happened yet. It hasn't happened yet in Vegas, but uh, I've got have a couple of big winners here. Well, it, uh, I feel like you got to bet a 12 and a 5. A twelve to beat a five. You got it. I, I mean, I've had a cu- I've had a couple like uh, you know I, I I bet on Mercer when they beat Duke. I bet on Florida Gulf Coast. That's a good money one. line when they beat Georgetown, but it wasn't like huge bet. That's a really good one. The Mercer Duke one. I remember that one. That's a that's a lot of fun. Uh, Ducks moving on in the tournament, and uh, they're going to go on and they're going to play UCLA tomorrow. That's going to be the four seed against the one seed, and uh, it's going to be uh, you know semifinals. Dana trying to do that March magic once again. All right, let's go to the phone line right now. The uh, the namesake of the show, the founder of the show, John Cazzano, is live from Vegas right on the Bald Face Truth. Uh, John, what'd you make of it? Oregon survives and advances. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you're an Oregon fan, the, the game kind of probably reminded you a little bit of the season in that there were some real nice moments and there were some bad moments. And, you know, in the end, they're still alive in this bracket, and I think that's what matters. Dana Altman sort of, uh, you know, chalked it up as Washington State having a really good shooting team. They're the best shooting team in the conference from three-point range, and he said, look, even when they were up 16 or 19, uh, it wasn't safe. But uh, I think, they, you know, Oregon's, gotta, Oregon's obviously got to do some soul-searching overnight. Will Richardson's got to be more effective and a better, better playmaker early. Uh, it looks like in Folly Dante, who went down during the game, it looks like he's going to be okay. Dana Altman said after the game that, and Folly says he's okay, and he's he's going to be good to go tomorrow. But it will take a special performance from Oregon to, to overcome UCLA tomorrow. But that's what these March Madness events are about. <laughs> How's the atmosphere down there? It's it's decent. It, you know, I thought there was a pretty good crowd for the Oregon-Washington State fan, uh, fan bases, and and it feels like, you know, we're creeping towards some big games and some big moments. Obviously, Arizona's going to play tonight. So a lot of Arizona fans filtering into the arena. I'm outside the arena right now. But, um, you know, if you're an Oregon fan, I think you're looking at this opportunity. Like, if, if I had told Oregon fans in the middle of the season, you're going to get one shot at UCLA. If you beat them, you might just be in the NCAA tournament based on that win alone. I think a lot of Oregon fans would take that and say, hey, uh, for everything they've been through this season, they're in position now with one game tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. I saw Tad Boyle got tossed at the end of the Colorado-UCLA game. Uh, I know you got to take that one in. What did you make of the way that Colorado fought with the Bruins and the Bruins ultimately getting by them? Yeah, I thought, you know, if you're a Colorado fan, you got to be awfully pleased with the performance. I think you have to look at that and go uh, – uh, you know, they hung in there. Uh, I think it, I thought it was really important for UCLA to play well without Jalen Clark, and, and and they did. And what makes UCLA so good, and they've done this twice against Oregon this year, is UCLA in the final five, six minutes of games, they just have so much experience, so much leadership on the court, arguably one of the best players in the country, uh, you know, out there in, in Jacquez, and, and – You've got Tiger Campbell, who's just played in a whole bunch of big games. So, I think if you're a uh, if you're a UCLA fan, you've really enjoyed watching these guys close out games in the last five six minutes of of games. All right, we'll come back to that in just a moment. But let me pivot to to the football world. Dennis Dodd had another piece on CBS uh, this morning. Uh, our friend Dennis Dodd saying the Big Twelve is ready to pounce if the Pac-12 falls apart. 
What's the latest here, John? And is George Klyovkov anywhere to be found in Vegas? Yeah, I saw I saw him today at the Oregon game. He was sitting courtside, and I thought uh, I thought the piece again. I'll go back to this. You know, I'm looking for a source that appears to be connected to the decision makers themselves, and I don't see it in that piece. And and there were a lot of people talking about it, and the fear mongering that's going on is really disappointing. And and I get it; it gets clicks, it gets people to read, and it gets us talking about it. But in the end. Uh, you know, George Klyovkov was sitting uh, during the Colorado UCLA game with uh, the president of Arizona, and he has, you know, been involved in long conversations, multiple meetings, and you know, we the rest of us on the outside can flap our arms and we can talk about the imminent demise of the conference all we want, but in the end, it's the ten presidents and chancellors who are in that room, and it really does come down to I think. Uh, you know, it's going to come down to numbers, and I think the numbers that the Pac-12 is talking about right now and the, and the sources that I have talked with who are in that room believe that they are going to be within range or they're going to beat the Big 12 number. And uh, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, nobody's leaving to take the same amount of money. Nobody's going to do that to their non-revenue-generating sports and, and just move for the sake of moving. And we always talk timeline, John, but... Is it going to get done before the NCAA tournament, or are we waiting until at least April? They have a meeting in 13 days where they will presumably discuss uh, the uh, the media rights deal and, and try to finalize it. Now, I was told by somebody who was in the meeting uh, on Tuesday that they made good progress and that they're feeling they're feeling like they they're moving towards a resolution here. So. Sorry about the helicopter overhead, but uh, <laughs> so I, I, I do anticipate, uh, I think they could, if we're going to be ambitious, I think they could get something done here uh, coming up in about 13 days. And I think if uh, worst case scenario, it could be early April. But uh, I think most people in the Pac-12 circle believe that the 10 universities will stay, that they will add some teams for expansion and that uh, this will all now uh, become something that we uh, we don't talk about anymore, and I'll be happy to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know I will let you go on this. I know earlier in the week we were talking about you know storylines we're most fatigued with, and I posited the uh, the media negotiations. But I I thought about it later, and I think part of the reason why it's fatiguing is because I know deep down it's important. Like it's a really important topic that needs resolution. Yeah. But it's almost because it's so important that we get all these strands of rumors and, and, you know, all these things that aren't necessarily fact-based. And that's the part that's exhausting as well, John. But I do appreciate your yeah. work that's sourced and true. And stick with it, man. <laughs> stick with it because yeah, it's going mean, to be look, over at some I, point. I, I told somebody today at the arena, somebody, a fan came up and said, I'm really worried about the conference. And I said, well, why are you worried? And they said, because I'm hearing all this stuff. And I said, well, where is it coming from? You know, it's coming from the Big 12. I mean, we all know that. It's. We did, the thing that's new here is, you know, we have seen propaganda. We have seen smear campaigns, but normally we see them in politics. We don't see this in, in college athletics. And so I think the fact that we're seeing this for the first time, there goes the roller coaster. Uh, the first time we're seeing this in college athletics, I think it, it really does feel different. Somehow the roller coaster is very fitting for the topic. <laughs> that we're talking about. Last thing, JC, how, how do you think it is? Oregon, UCLA. You predicted earlier in the week that the Ducks would make it to the Pac-12 title game. Nafali, Dante, and everything. How, how do you think that one shapes up tomorrow night? 
there was about 10 or 12 minutes early in this Oregon game where I watched Oregon on the court. You see so much length and athleticism, explosiveness, just a lot. There's a lot of talent. Oregon's got some guys that nobody talks about who are going to have a chance to make an NBA roster. And all that length and athleticism, can they on one night for one moment be the better team in the building when it comes to UCLA? They've led UCLA at halftime twice and lost both games. So that's that second half experience for UCLA that has been a difference maker. Oregon's going to have to overcome that tomorrow night, but I'm still picking the Ducks. I'll stay with my pick. At John Cazzano, BFT on Twitter, must follow there. And, of course, the founder and namesake of this radio show, The Bald Face Truth with John Cazzano, joining us live from Vegas in the Pac-12 tournament. John, you'll never complain, but I know you're playing hurt. I really appreciate you having a few minutes for us live from Vegas. Of Thank course. you. Anything for this show. <laughs> Love you guys. It's been that way for 13 years, and it will continue to be that way. That is John Gonzano from Vegas. Anything for the show. Amen, brother. Amen. Appreciate that. If you missed any part of that conversation, find the podcast on demand by subscribing to The Bald Face Truth with John Gonzano wherever you get your podcasts, and it will be uploaded as well at 750thegame.com. JC is one of one. And uh, it's great that he had a few minutes for us. I do know he's playing hurt. He he is grinding some stuff out physically right now, but the dude is the dude is all about it. He's in a category of of his own. He's still got all the sources. He's still got all the info. Doesn't matter if he's hurt or not. He, he's still killing it. It's awesome, awesome, I and mean, we're very grateful. Uh, more of your reaction as well at five zero three four one seven seventy five seventy five. Ducks moving on. So they get UCLA tomorrow night. You can talk about that. You can also uh, join the conversation on the uh, the latest with Pac-12 media rights negotiations, what's true, what's not true, and all that. I know it can be a little taxing. It can be exhausting. But I am curious where you are at as a listener right now. Are you worried about the future of the Pac-12? Because if you look at anything on http colon backslash twitter.com, yeah, you'd be worried. Do you believe that stuff? I don't know. I don't think I do. I think Brett, your mark is in the vein of Kevin Warren here in a little bit of a, a different way. But George Klyovkov's got a lot of enemies. Maybe that Drake song should be his life motto right about now. <laughs> He's got a lot of enemies. Final segment of the Bald Face Truth coming back in a moment. Newbie in for Gonzano right here.